You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation? Welcome back to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories. I am your grateful host, Ross Jackson, and a big thank you and welcome to our new listeners. Always love hearing from everybody that tunes in, reads, and follows, so be sure that you follow me and hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. And of course, you already know that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, where you can find my as well as other talented writers, articles, and podcasts, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news, opinions, and analysis for Saints fans, by Saints fans. It looks like we're going to get an extended look at wide receiver Cameron Meredith and rookie defensive end Marcus Davenport. I'll tell you what they, as well as a couple of others, need to do tomorrow at home against the Rams in order to impress. Then we're going to close out the show with two segments featuring USA Today's For the Win writer Stephen Ruiz. Stephen wrote an article that I discussed a week ago that mentioned seven teams that will win Super Bowl 53. The Saints were just outside that list, so Stephen came on and joins to tell us why and what they can do to move up. All that and a little bit of lanyard here on Locked on Saints. With the roster cut adjustment in place from not too long ago, the fourth preseason game becomes, for the moment, the most important game of some players' lives. Roster cuts used to have a mid-cut between the third and fourth preseason game before going down to 53 after the fourth game. Now, rosters go directly from 90 to 53 on September 1st, just a couple days away. But not all players are concerned with roster cuts at this moment. Some are locks but are still fighting for positions and trust in the final game of the preseason. Tomorrow, the Saints close out their preseason by taking on the Los Angeles Rams in the Superdome. It's been said that Cameron Meredith and Marcus Davenport will see extended looks throughout this game, so let's talk about what they, as well as a few others, are hoping to prove with the additional playing time that they'll see tomorrow. Marcus Davenport made a pretty great debut last week against the Chargers. He played 15 snaps, grabbed a couple of tackles, a half sack, and a tackle for a loss. This week, he'll see a few more snaps, and he'll have the chance to solidify the couple of things that he put on the table last week. First, his pass rushing ability. Davenport still has a noticeable development to do in uh, in the pass rushing game. He's still a little high coming out of the snap. He over-pursued a couple of times last week against the Chargers, but his pass rushing moves are improving, and his speed-to-power conversion is still lethal. He'll be looking to show the team that the work that he's done with Ryan Nielsen as well as others is paying off and he's made some key adjustments in pass rushing technique. If he can come out tomorrow and get a sack or even just a half sack in which he creates his own pressure by beating a blocker, things will be looking up in regards to his development. Davenport also improved that he's an effective asset against the run defense, something that the Saints love to see in Cameron Jordan, Alex Okafor, and Trey Hendrickson. Though the team was gashed in the run game for the first two drives last week, the second and third teams came in and regained control against the Chargers' deeper units. Davenport totaled two run stops last week, including one for a loss, and the other was just an impressive leaping tackle on Travis Benjamin on a reverse. Uh, If Davenport can show that he's going to be an effective pass rusher with even equal value uh, in the run game, it's going to put him on the right trajectory to being the every down uh, defensive end that the Saints drafted him to be. Additionally, just kind of the cherry on top, you'd love to see him get his hands up at the line of scrimmage and try to bat some passes down at the line. This is something that the Saints D-line works very hard to incorporate into their game. 
Cameron Meredith is looking to take his next step this week. He took some words from Drew Brees very seriously when Drew Brees told him that you have to prove yourself there every day. So Meredith is hoping to do exactly that tomorrow. Sean Payton hasn't been too impressed with Saints wide receiver play so far this preseason once being upset with their sloppiness. And then the next time talking about how the depth chart is actually written in chalk and still in flux. Uh, Meredith would like to see himself stick at the third wide receiver position and take over slot receiver responsibilities where he can be a contributor on third down in particular. The Saints struggled a lot last year uh, on third down and Meredith has the size and capability to change that trend by giving Drew Brees another big target over the middle or along the uh, or along the sideline. Seeing Meredith start to fit into that game plan tomorrow will help his cause. Mainly, though, expect him to see more than, uh, you know, just the, the, the two targets that he's seen so far this preseason. And Meredith will need to be sure that none of those targets result in a drop or even worse, a turnover. It also wouldn't hurt his case to be a presence in the red zone as well. Some added value to be found there. Sean Payton mentioned that Taysom Hill was getting some looks at other offensive positions in practice. Uh, I doubt that we'll see any of that in the preseason as the Saints might want to protect or kind of uh, hold that hand. Uh, but we did see him get involved in the fake punt scheme last week when he rejuvenated the Saints offense after a first down on a direct snap. But expect to see Hill get more snaps at quarterback than anything, of course. Uh, and I'm certain that the Saints want to see him be more consistent after now watching him bounce back after that abysmal Cardinals game. Remember that Drew Brees has been the model of consistency in his 12-year span in New Orleans, so consistency is the quality that the coaching staff is going to be valuing greatly. Author Mollett lost some playing time last week due to an injury, and all those snaps went to a uh, recently signed quarterback, Marcus Williams, who walked away with a pick six against the Chargers. Mollett will re uh, has returned to practice already and will return to the football field uh, tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, I don't think that he's somebody that is going to be fighting for a spot on the 53. I think he's already got his spot there, but he is going to be playing for some positioning within that. Deion Yelder, Dan Arnold, and Garrett Griffin are all looking to make that number three wide receiver, I'm sorry, that number three tight end spot uh, behind Ben Watson and Josh Hill. It looks like Hooman is headed for the IR as he's not practiced a single snap throughout training camp. Uh, Garrett Griffin is the guy that you could see coming in to be more of a pass blocker, more of a run blocker. Dan Arnold is somebody that you could see coming in and getting back on the saddle as he was in practice in training camp as a pass catching tight end. But at the same time, I imagine that the Saints front office is watching diligently across the league to see who's going to be released uh, on September 1st, what pass catching tight ends might hit waivers, and also who might be a good trade target on their way out for a late, late, late round pick. And finally on my list here, Alex Anzalone looks like he might be getting some looks at first team Mike in the first team, as well as first team nickel packages besides Demario Davis. Uh, this isn't surprising after AJ Klein's very poor uh, defense, run defensive play against uh, the Chargers. But also Manti Teo was out with an injury yesterday in practice. So if he doesn't make it back in time for tomorrow's game, Anzalone should get to see a lot more looks. He's a player that's a lock on the roster, but tomorrow could be the difference between starter and backup for him. Oh, and this nifty little notification just came across my phone. Looks like there are some backup trading, I'm sorry, backup quarterbacks on the trade block, according to Ian Rappaport. That include Mike Glennon from the Cardinals, Josh Dodds from the Steelers, and Tom Savage from the Saints. So maybe Tom Savage will get an extended look tomorrow too as they try to raise his trade value. But that's definitely something to look forward to. Uh, Tom Savage is a potential piece to move, which means they must be pretty, pretty, pretty happy with what they're seeing in Taysom Hill. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, uh, but also uh, other backup quarterbacks of the Saints might be able to make a move for, including uh, Mike Glennon from the Cardinals and Josh Dobbs from the Steelers. Josh Dobbs, of course, was uh, Alvin Kamara's college teammate at Tennessee. 
All right, so that's gonna do it for this segment. Stick around because coming up next, you'll hear my two-part interview with For the Win, Stephen Ruiz, as he tells us why the Saints were just barely outside of his top seven and what they could do to improve. The Locked On Network is now expanding with college shows. Now launched, you can find shows for Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee in the SEC, Florida in the ACC, Oklahoma and Baylor from the Big 12, Ohio State and Penn State in the Big 10, and Oregon from the Pac-12 with more on the way. Here's the deal. I'm not the dude that's going to be able to tell you who's going to win week in and week out. I'm not that dude for you. But if you think you know who's going to win, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, yo. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. And their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's all I'm saying. And that's why I urge you to make your way over to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business for you and even the fantasy dudes out there. You can even bet on the over-under of how many fantasy points a player will score each game, which gives you so many more opportunities to win. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Locked on Saints. I have a special guest with us today, uh, writer for USA Today's For the Win, Stephen Ruiz. You can follow him on uh, Twitter, at Ruiz, And, of course, he's the winner of Time Magazine's Person of the Year 2006, as were we all. Uh, welcome, man. How you doing? Thanks so much for coming through. It's nice to talk to a fellow Time Man of the Year winner. I'm telling you, man, it's been, you know what I mean? Like, we got to we gotta come together like that. Yeah, exactly. We all want it. We should claim it. More people need that in their Twitter bio. That's why I added it to mine. That's what I'm saying. I love it. Although, watch, now it's going to stop start uh, popping up all over the place and everything. You're going to start a movement, homie. You're going to start a movement. That's what you're up to. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> All right, man. So I brought you on because um, I think it was last week, man, all my days are running together. But I had brought up an article that you had written. It was a great article about the seven. One of these seven teams will win the Super Bowl. And you had three sort of exceptions in there or not exceptions, but people that were just outside uh, the line. And the New Orleans Saints were one of them. And I addressed some of the concerns that you had about the New Orleans Saints team, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to come out here and enlighten my listeners from your national perspective about what it is that keeps the Saints out of your top seven. You mind giving us a little bit? Yeah, so I had them third. I had them listed third for a reason because they were the hardest to leave off the list. I really Mm -hmm. liked them going into the playoffs last year. I thought they were one of the better teams in the NFC. But my concern is that I don't really think they did enough to improve in the offseason. I think they're banking on a lot of in-house improvement, which I wrote about. And, you know, you can't always rely on – obviously, they had a good rookie class. You can't always rely on those players taking that next step. And I just – it wasn't really about what the Saints did in the offseason. It was about what the other contenders in the NFC did. I thought the Vikings got better by upgrading the Kirk Cousins and they Mm -hmm. get Dalvin Cook back. I thought the Rams clearly got better, although we need to see how that locker room comes together and what Mm -hmm. happens with Aaron Aaron Donald. But on paper, I think – they added a lot more talent than the Saints did. And then 
the Eagles, I, I think they kind of got better. Obviously, a lot of it depends on Carson Wentz's knee. I'm not really sold on Nick Foles. So if if Wentz doesn't come back healthy, I, I'd replace the Eagles with the Saints on the list. But yeah, that's my concern is that maybe these young players that we all expect to take this next step don't, or maybe they get, maybe some players get injured, or maybe Drew Brees starts to show some sign of decline. I don't think he's going. I don't know if he's going to. He did. I don't think he did last year. I thought his deep ball accuracy might have been a touch off compared to where it was a couple of years ago, but mm-hmm. I think he's still a top three quarterback. Nice. Uh, so when you look at the additions to the Saints defense, Demario Davis, Patrick Robertson, um, I'm sorry, Patrick Robinson, uh, the draft pick, Marcus Davenport and everything. When you see those people coming in, you see that it is not yet enough at this point, right? Uh, yeah, I, this is my problem with those acquisitions. Uh, Marcus Davenport, I think, is still raw. I, don't, I think he can contribute, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's you can like put it in the bank. And then uh, Patrick Robinson, we've seen a bunch of slot corners have breakout years and then just go right back to the disappointing player they uh-huh. were. So I'm kind of taking a wait-and-see approach on him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, like, told. Obviously, they added players, but I'm not so sure that they're demonstrably better than they were a year ago. Sure, sure. And then are you looking at a potential, I don't want to call it a sophomore slump, but, I mean, you've got Marcus Williams, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, and Alvin Kamara that came out of the gate crazy fast last year and it's kind of hard to improve from that point is kind of what you're saying right yeah i just i just don't think it's you can't just assume they're gonna get better Mm -hmm. in year two i expect marcus williams to get better i wrote a i put together a post of the breakout players for this year and i think marcus williams is going to be probably a pro bowl safety this year uh marshawn latimer i think was one of the best corners in the league last year I don't know how much better he could actually get after what he did in this season. Mm-hmm. And then the one I would be worried about is Alvin Kamara, not because of the talent thing, just because he's a running back and we know what happens to that position. It's just hard to stay healthy. Yeah, Especially depreciation how many comes touches quick. He's going to get a lot of touches this year with Mark Ingram out early. I actually kind of like the acquisition of Shane Vereen. I don't know how much he's going to play, but I think that's an interesting pickup in Sean Payton's offense. I think he's going to know how to take advantage of him but yeah i'm just worried about camara staying healthy all year which is to say i can say the same thing with any running back of course of course so right now the way that it looks like is that we've got uh jonathan williams who's a third year second year guy out of arkansas played for the bills last year he looks like he's going to be the guy that fills in for mark ingram's production i think sean payton's really intent on making sure that we don't see maybe more uh, alvin camara and that we continue to sort of see that split back shared defense. I'm sorry, shared offense mm-hmm. running by committee kind of a thing. I think he's concerned with the same thing. He wants to make sure that his, I mean, essentially his big time playmaker, his home, his home run hitter, it mm-hmm. can say healthy, especially over those first four games. The draft pick of Boston Scott also factors in there too. Uh, I really like the pickup of Shane Vereen as well. I just don't know how much he fits in if Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. is still around. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's kind of like the same player. They're both right. good receivers, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, we know Sean Payton loves to rotate the running backs. I mean, this, this guy will play like five running backs <laughs> if, he, if he can. I. It's just. It. I don't even know if it's a workload with running backs. It's just one hit could just hurt the season. And with the Saints, how they built the offense last year, it was it was so much built around these running backs and mm-hmm. taking pressure off Drew Brees. I'm just worried what's going to happen if one of those guys goes down and then you got to put more on breeze 
and he's getting up there. I mean, eventually he's going to decline. I don't think it's we've seen really any signs, but it's going to happen. Maybe this year is the year. I don't know. All right, y'all stick around because we have part two of Steven's interview coming right up. It is crunch time for fantasy football and Locked On is delivering like we always do. Locked On has a brand new fantasy football show, Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 will give you the latest trends, hot roster moves, and where to get the advantage. Plus, Ethan Turner, the injury expert, gives you the edge. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 is here to help you win your league. Welcome back, Houdet Nation, and here is part two of my interview with USA Today for the wins, Stephen Ruiz. Do you think that, I mean, last year they sort of made an adjustment for Drew Brees, even when he had to take control of games. He wasn't really, I don't know, he wasn't doing that whole 2006, 2000, I'm sorry, 2009, 2011 kind of production to where he's, you know, throwing 40 passes a game and everything like mm-hmm. that. And when he was throwing passes... A lot of screens, a lot of flats, a lot of slant patterns, crossing patterns over the middle, that kind of stuff that's sort of shorter but has the ability to create run after catch for the receivers. Do you see that as something that might be able to help him extend his longevity or eventually they're going to have to move past that and get back to gunning deep? Oh, yeah. I think that's the plan is extending his career that way by kind of building around these running backs in the short passing game. We've kind of seen that. He's a younger player, but. We've seen that with Philip Rivers in the last couple of years where he was like a he, a gunslinger who would throw it down the field. And then he started to lose his arm strength, so they went to more of a quick strike offense. I think that's what the Saints are doing. And I think that's kind of – they kind of have to do it because I don't think Breeze's deep ball accuracy is where it was. But he's still short and intermediate area. He's still the most accurate quarterback in the league. So I think it's a smart move. And I definitely think that's what – they're doing it on purpose. What do you think that the Saints can do from this point forward – throughout the season or before the season begins, whatever it may be, that can help move them, give them that little nudge that they need to get into that seven, uh, the seven possible players, I'm sorry, teams to win the Super Bowl conversation for you. Like I said, they were right on the edge for me, so mm-hmm. I don't think much has to go right. I think if, as long as all these players that Saints fans are banking on taking this next step, and then including you can even throw rookies in there like Traycon Smith. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's high hopes for him this year. And then Marcus Davenport, if, those guys do what you guys are expecting them to do, and then Cameron jo- and key players stay healthy. I think Cameron Jordan needs to stay healthy for the right. Saints to to even maybe even be a playoff team because he's so integral to that defense's success. And Kamara stays healthy, and obviously Brees has to stay healthy. If all that happens and these young players, you know, continue on the traje- trajectory they're on, I think the Saints are a Super Bowl contender. I'm just skeptical that all of that will happen. And I think maybe they could have avoided that by maybe investing in bigger name players in the offseason. I don't think they necessarily had to. Mm-hmm. But now you're taking a risk that everything kind of has to go right. Gotcha. Is there an upcoming free agent moving into next year? Which, of course, that can change at any moment. But is there an upcoming free agent in the next year that the Saints might want to keep an eye on moving into, say, that 2019 season. Maybe Ziggy Ansa. I think the Lions mm-hmm. franchise tagged him. I mm-hmm. think if they add another pass rusher, another edge rusher, I think that is kind. I think that might be their biggest hole right now. Just, just someone else to take attention off Cameron Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're certainly hoping that Marcus Davenport can do it because we paid mm-hmm. a steep price to get him into New Orleans. Yes. 
but uh good 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 stuff to keep an eye on i think that there's another guy too i mean if they get desperate for a pass rusher um marcus davenport played a really nice game saturday in terms of a debut game you know debut preseason game uh but robert Ayers is still a free agent as well out of tampa bay he was in a eh, i don't want to say effective edge rusher but he was pretty productive in his time uh he is somebody that they could bring in late and sort of see if you know give it a shot kick the tires kind of a thing but it's a little late to play that game now that we're you know about and, to start uh, uh, junior galette's still out there i don't think you guys will bring him back obviously <laughs> but he's still out there <laughs> that's true there have been some some speculations about that but it's often met with contention work out with sean payton but. yeah <laughs> all right man why any uh last thoughts that you want to offer to the listeners no i i the one thing i would say is don't i wouldn't take this to heart like me saying they they're not going to win the super bowl i oh, think obviously a chance it's just the nfc is so stacked and i think they're now like just heading into the season i think they're fourth on the totem bowl and i or maybe maybe even fifth. I'd actually put them below the Falcons just by a hair. But yeah, I think they still can win the Super Bowl. I just, if I was betting on it, I don't think I would. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come through. We appreciate it, everybody. That's Stephen Ruiz from USA Today's For the Win. You can hit him up and follow him on Twitter at the Stephen Ruiz. Appreciate you taking the time to come out and uh, have this little conversation, Stephen. Thanks, man. All right, no problem. Anytime. All right, y'all, be sure that you join tomorrow as I preview the Saints and Rams matchup, and I'll tell you who's going to be out there fighting for a job. And then I'll also be joined by my good friend Dylan Sanders, writer and scout for the new draft analysis site, The Whole Nine, which goes live tomorrow. And I am the first person to have him on as a guest, so I'm so excited about it. He and Brandon Olson and his whole team over there. So Dylan's going to come through. He's going to join us. He's going to tell us about uh, some quarterback prospects for the Saints to look forward to in 2019, as well as some other non-QB players that are on his radar as potential Saints picks. And you do not want to miss that conversation. Thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them find Locked on Saints on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you find your podcast. Just be sure to subscribe so that you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Rate, review, do all of that. Every bit of it helps out. Uh, retweet, send us out to your friends and family. We're going to get this community growing. I appreciate it. I'm seeing the growth already, so thank y'all. Uh, this has been Locked on Saints. And trust, who that nation? Yeah. I'll holla at you.